This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. And I'm also joyful because uh, my wife, Laura, is here. Uh, I love worshiping with her. Um, there was a time when I think I might have told you all this, that we were serving together at uh, First United Methodist Church of Corpus Christi. And it was one of those times where um, we were working and our offices were right next to each other. Of course, she had the bigger office, the nice one with the comfy couch and everything, because happy wife, happy life, right? Um, but I was uh, so thrilled to be working with her, and we would go out to lunch all the time, and we have just a great time. And so work was not that bad. It didn't really seem like work because we were working right alongside each other. And then we would take one car home, so we saved on gas, of course. Um, but it was just a joy to be serving alongside of her. And, but that didn't start there. That started with campus ministry long ago. Um, but now we still serve together um, in different capacities, but I don't think you realize how much she does for me um, so that I can continue to serve here with you. Um, so I, I really appreciate um, my wife, um, and, and I know that I couldn't do it without her, for sure. And other things that she does besides the ministry part is she is an amazing wife. Uh, she is an amazing mother. So our son Jackson uh, just had his birthday party yesterday. Um, he turns nine next week, but uh, we had his birthday party because the way that things work, there's a whole bunch of birthdays right around now, and somebody had actually scheduled uh, a birthday party at the same time that we scheduled ours. So it was next Saturday at 10, and then somebody had a, a birthday party at the same time, and they got their invitation out first. So. We had to change ours, so that's okay. Everything worked out well. Uh, I think it was a great time. Again, it was at 10 o'clock in the morning, so by 12, everything was over, and it was one of those places, you, it was a, a trampoline park, so you just go over there, everything's kind of set up for you, you just do your thing, and then at 12, you don't have to set, you don't have to clean up, you don't have to do anything, you just leave, and it's awesome. <clears throat> but she was able to help out, and my mother helped out to make Jackson's ninth birthday celebration a memorable one and he really was making us aware that this was his golden birthday I had heard about that before but I was but how he knows that at nine I don't know he's like we have to make it really special because it's my golden birthday dad I was like well okay we'll see what we can do um, but it was it was fun because we were able to celebrate with family and with friends and of course our, our younger son Knox who's four he was having the time of his life because all he likes to do is just run and jump anyway. He has so much energy. He's our little jumping bean, and he just had the time of his life as well. Plus, there was a cookie cake. I mean, who can go wrong with a cookie cake, right? Fun was had by all for sure. And you know what? It set the mood for the rest of the day because it started out at 10 o'clock. Yeah, it was maybe a little hectic getting there and all that sort of stuff. But once we were there, we just kind of were able to relax and just enjoy and it was fun and it set the mood for the rest of the day and so we went to HEB later on and we were able to have some more joy added to our lives because Jackson um, they have those uh, HEB uh, HE buddy bucks and that sort of stuff so you can have those 
uh, it's basically, I'll put it like this. If you haven't seen them before, it's almost like Price is Right with the wheel that you turn, right? And then you have to make sure that it, it gets to that certain amount. But there's an instant winner. And so Jackson got the instant winner. He was super excited. And I was very excited for him. And Knox was beside himself as well. So this was just a great day all around. Add to that the fact that we found, um, remember, I don't do caffeine anymore. So this was a big deal. Coke Zero decaffeinated. Hadn't seen it for almost two and a half years. Now that might not seem like a big deal to you, but it totally made my day. Again, it was great thing after great thing after great thing. And I was like so joyful. I was like, man, this is great. And Jackson was like, yes, this is like the best day ever. Let's just be here in this. This is awesome. I was like, yeah, it really is. And it's so infectious. Whenever you have those like great days, you want to share it with other people. There's goodness in this world. I see it now. I'm experiencing it. I want to share it with other people. And we hope that that continues. And so I think back that nine birthdays have passed for Jackson. Well, you know, nine birthday parties, let's say. But I can't believe that all of this time I've, I've been looking at him and haven't really put into, into place that he's growing up so fast. And I know you all know that. I know you hear it. They grow up so fast. But whenever it's happening to you, you're like, can you believe this? I mean, this is great and it's kind of sad, but you know, there's a transition happening right in front of us, a transformation. He no longer, sorry, Laura, is a baby. <laughs> but of course, Laura will say, he will always be my baby. And I'm like, yes, I know. Even when he's like 16 and, you know, and he kids around with us too. He knows that we are like, oh my goodness, you were a baby for so long and now you're not. And he kids around with us too, because he's like, well, you know, before it, before you think about it, that um, I'm going to be 16, I'm going to be a teenager, and I'm going to be driving, and I'm going to leave the nest. And I was like, ugh, don't remind me of that. Let's just calm down. We're right here. Let's just be in this right now. Don't, don't get too ahead of yourself right now. But nine birthdays have come and gone. And I, was, I can still remember that day whenever he was born. Laura and I were talking about this the other day. And it was just indescribable what happens because you read about it in the books about what to expect when expecting. And then it actually happens. And I'm like, they didn't say any of this. I mean, like, it's just you can't put words to it. There was first nothing. And then now here's Jackson. And now we, they're t letting us take him home now. What is that all about? They trust us. So there's so many things that we've gone through with him after each birthday. I mean, we've gone through minions we've gone through pj mass we've gone through pokemon beyblade and then now roblox so that's a big thing right now but with all that said and i hate to admit it he is not our baby anymore and he does change over the years he's getting bigger and he's kind of just looks different he's not the baby that we once knew and for better or worse we too have changed there's been maybe some of us have experienced more years than others, but over the years we have changed. And we might as well see that we have changed, and maybe we can see that if we go back and look in some old photos, maybe some old videos, and just realize how very much we've changed. And maybe we can even see this whenever we talk to old friends, we run into old friends here or there, 
And, um, you know, maybe we look the same, maybe we don't, but we know that we have changed. And, and I think that's a good thing, too. And while some, some things may not change, we are definitely not the same people that we used to be. And I think that's a good thing, like I said, because I don't still play with my He-Man action figures, although they would be very worth a lot now. I don't have those. Uh, and I don't stay up or I don't get up too early on sun Saturday mornings to watch cartoons. Like I'm going to tell you right now, that was a thing. There wasn't just TV on all the time. You had to get up early and then there was like static and maybe, you know, that, um, that screen that was just boop and there was nothing. <laughs> and then there was finally something. And so you had to wait for that. You couldn't just, you know, play it on the DVR or look it up on what, what's going on and have it on demand. That was not a thing, just so you know. But I don't do that anymore. I don't play with my He-Man action figures anymore. And I am a different person because you don't find me listening to, to my radio on my boom box and trying to listen for that one song that I've been listening, that I know I love that's going to come up on the radio and then I push play or I press record so I can listen to it later and it becomes a part of my mixtape. Like that doesn't happen anymore, right? Things have changed. I have changed and I think that's a good thing. And it means that we've grown. It means that we've matured. And in the different stages of our lives, different things take our focus and our attention and no wonder I mean think about all the places that we've been think about all the things that we've experienced in our lives how could we not be a different person but so too should it be with our faith journey the hope is that we learn from our success and our failures and we gain more knowledge and we gain more wisdom and we grow stronger and more compassionate along the way. Again, this is our hope. And our prayer is that in the best ways, we are not the people who we once were. And we find this process is part of what it means to become a Christian. This is a transformation happening right before our eyes. And so for today, we look at the Apostle Paul's letter to Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. But before we get there, a little bit about the Apostle Paul and his letter and his letter to God's holy people in Ephesus. This was believed to have been written about 60 AD. So again, that's about 30 years or so after um, Jesus had died on the cross. And keep in mind that the city of Ephesus was a large commercial port city in Asia Minor, which is now present-day Turkey. So as a major trade route, it was considered a gateway to Asia. It's also known as a center of pagan worship with the temple of the Greek goddess Artemis, or Roman goddess Diana, and which was thought to be one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. So this is Ephesus. This is who God, who Paul was writing to, the people, the holy people, those that believed in Jesus, still in this culture. And Paul tried to be as clear as possible in his letter that this way of living in that culture and believing was the old way. 
and he juxtaposed that, he made a stark difference. Like that was the old way of doing things, but you are not like the old way. You're not living in that old way. You are in a new way. You are living a new life. And that offers a stark contrast with the new way of living and believing in Jesus Christ. So if one could just allow themselves, they could be transformed into a new creation with Christ. And so we begin in verse 1. And again, it's only 10 verses, but there's so much here. It's pretty dense. So we're going to kind of go um, a little by little and just kind of unpack it because, again, it's so rich. It says this in verses 1 through 3. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working among those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and were by nature, children of wrath, like everyone else. So again, he's painting a picture. Remember that this is where you were. You still are in that culture, but you're not of that culture any longer. Let's be reminded of where we were, where we came from. And remember, Paul is talking to these former pagans who still live in this predominantly pagan place. And the world around them has not changed much in all these years. But Paul's hope and prayer is that they have changed. Changed so significantly, in fact, that there is a stark difference between the life before Christ and the life with Christ. So much so that it's noticeable, that people know that there is a difference, that they have met with Christ, there's a difference from where they used to what they used to be doing, how they used to live, and how they live now. But Paul says that not only to them, but Paul says that to us as well. And when we talk about being dead in the past, what that is really doing is taking us back all the way to Genesis. And I, and I go back to this a lot because that's where it all started. All the way back to Genesis, whenever the first humans disobeyed God and sin entered into the world. Now, if you remember in Genesis, God did not say, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you will surely die. Well, he kind of said that, but he didn't really mean it in the same way that, that we think of. See, they did die. The first humans did die. But they died to some things like innocence. They died to the freedom not to sin any longer. They died to things like joy and the ability to be selfless and instinctively and intuitively love. And more than anything else, they died to a right relationship with God. Sin was the thing that is separating them now from being in a right relationship with God. So even though they continue to live on the earth many more years after this time, in that moment, in very important ways, they died. And this is what Paul is getting at here. In the same way that Adam and Eve died we also have died. And unfortunately, we have inherited that type of death, that type of sin, that proclivity to, to sin, to trespass, um, and to have those type of iniquities. All of that we've inherited 
And I'm not really too thankful about that. But notice it was used in the past tense. So when, when Paul is talking about this, he's saying, remember when, because that was then. So he uses a past tense. You were dead, in which you once used to live. That was before you gave your life to Christ. Because when you gave your life to Christ, something happened. And God made you alive for the first time. God changed you. God transformed you. That broken connection with God was now repaired. And now, all of a sudden, life looks a lot different because God is now allowing that, and you are allowing that to take root in you and change who you are from the inside out. And like Ephesians, like the Ephesians, we used to follow the ways of the world. That was our our past. And we look back to that, but we are not like that anymore. And Paul assumes, or is speaking into existence, that with our salvation, a change of life has happened. And he assumes, or is speaking into existence, that we have left behind the sins that God has so graciously forgiven us of. And again, there should be a stark and noticeable difference between the way we were before and the way we are now since encountering Jesus. And what Paul leaves unstated here is that for each and every one of us, each and every one, the reality is that the life change is a process. All of us live in a varying shade of gray in this process, like All of us are in a different stage of this process. And we have been transformed in some ways, and in other ways we are still being transformed. And all of this is only made possible because of who God is. And that's what we get to in the next section, which is verses 4 through 7, and it reads like this. But God, now listen to this, God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This is who God is. And this is who God could be if we don't really know him yet in that capacity. But God wants to change us. Because God knows that we can't stay in the past, but we have to be transformed to keep on going forward. And God wants to make this transformation happen within us and it to be a true and lasting transformation. So it's body, mind, and soul and it affects every aspect of our lives. And if you don't know God like this, if you don't know who God is like this, then you really haven't experienced who God is yet. And so the good thing is, if you are here, you're part of this process. The transformation is taking place already. But if you don't know God like this, well, just wait. Just wait, because God is transforming you as we speak. And you might not have experienced him like this, but you will. But you will. And so God 
is rich in mercy, meaning that he has an abundance of mercy and God loves us so much that he is able to love us in spite of everything that we've done and in spite of everything that we've left undone. And here again, Paul is speaking with a time that is very fluid. That time concept is super fluid here because he goes kind of back and forth in this transformation process that we undergo. Even when we were dead through sins, God made us alive together with Christ and raised up with him. This is an example of Paul talking about salvation in terms of the already and the not yet. That doesn't quite make sense to you now. We're going to go through it in just a little while. But there is one thing for sure, that this is only made possible because of God, who God is and what God has done for us and through us. And he goes on in verses 8 and 9, for by grace, listen to this part, because this is a, a summary, basically, of what it is to know and love God. But listen to this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So Paul is saying here that we have been saved by grace through faith. This is probably one of the most concise expressions of what the gospel is. And so saved when Paul is saying saved, he's referring to being saved out of the death that came upon us because of Adam and Eve, because of the first humans, and through him came upon us, which we referenced earlier. So saved, in this case, means being forgiven. Saved means being saved from the wrath of God. Now, I know, I know a lot of people don't like to hear about the wrath of God, but we don't have to worry about that right now because we have been saved from that. Saved means being saved into God's eternity to live with Him in Christ forever. So salvation then is an eternal reality, but it's made present the here and now because of the, the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. So to mess with your mind just a little bit, and I referenced this earlier, salvation is already, means it's already happened, and it's also not yet. So how can it be both things? Because it's a transformation. So we have some of the things that have happened already, but there are some other things that have not yet happened. Salvation is a process. And so grace then, whenever he talks about grace, grace can be understood as God's gift to us. And grace, again, is something that is not deserved. There is nothing that we did to deserve this. It's just because God loves us so much. And grace means that it's something that salvation does for us and that we receive it. And we can come to Christ out of any, any situation, good or bad. We can come to Christ through any situation and be saved. And yes, that means even the one that you're thinking of. Yes, that one that you haven't told anybody about. The one that haunts you. Yes, you can be saved from that too. 
And to be clear, grace has nothing, nothing to do with what we have done or left undone, but it has everything to do with what God has done through Jesus Christ on the cross. And all that needs to be done to make salvation a possibility for us, a real possibility for us, it's already been done on our behalf. Grace means that the door to salvation is wide open and anyone, anyone can walk in. Now, I don't care and God doesn't care about all the things that you've done. Yes, God wants you to repent of it, sure. But that's not going to make you not be able to walk through that wide open gate. But you will have to walk through that wide open gate. But God has made it so that you can. And grace means that God did all of this for us, for the entire human race. And anybody who says yes to God through the person of Jesus Christ can actually enter into salvation. And it doesn't matter where you come from, what you've done, but it does matter that all of this is done by God through Jesus Christ, and he did it for us. Now, faith. Faith we talk about a lot, but faith is how we appropriate grace. Faith is what connects us to Jesus, and Jesus is the one who connects us to the Father. Let me say that again. Faith is what connects us to Jesus, and Jesus is what connects us to the Father. So anytime Paul uses faith, what he really is talking about is faith in terms as opposed to works. And he's talking about this not relying on anything that you've done. Now, you might be a great person, and I'm sure you are. But no matter how great a person you are, there is nothing that you can do that makes you earn your way to salvation. There's nothing anybody on this earth could do except for Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, it is now available to everyone. To everyone. And so, works here is meaning that there's no way that you can qualify for salvation. So faith, then, is what we are truly fully, is when we are truly fully in Jesus, who is and will always be the one who saves us. So this is why faith can be so freeing, because we don't have to do anything to get it. Like Jesus has already done so much for us that we now have it available to us. Now here's the deal. I think that one of the biggest lies and misconceptions is that this is all about us. And it's really not. It's not bringing faith down to simply believing. Because that's, that's not really getting at the whole picture. Because James, in James um, 2, 19, he says this, You believe that God is one, and you do well. But even the demons believe and shudder. I say that only because it's not, it's not a simple faith. It's not a, a throwaway faith. I mean, it's real, and it's expensive, and it matters. And James has little respect for, for when we say that we believe things, as, as though that that's all that faith is. And what he does respect is a life that is surrendered to the one in which we believe. So faith is not as much believing in all the right things 
as it is surrendering. Like, here is my life. Here is all aspects of my life, my school life, my work life, my family life, everything, every aspect of my life, Lord, I am turning it over to you. That's how much I believe in you. That's how much my faith matters to me. And it should matter. And so when you're seeing some doubts, people might see that. But what God sees is your surrender. So conversely, if you are in the midst of really strong beliefs, that is, like everything is working out, everything is going well, and you're like, Jesus is this, Jesus is that, and you're proclaiming it, and everything is great, but you're really living your life for yourself, then your faith is not as strong as it could be. It's not as faith, it's not as strong as it should be. But then we get to the final passage, the final verse, verse 10. And it says this, For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So let me ask you this. How does it feel to be God's handiwork? Have you ever been described like that? You are God's handiwork. You're God's creation. How does it feel to be created in the image of God? I mean, to me, I see it as a great honor. I see it as a great privilege, but a great responsibility as well. And you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again and again, because I think we need to be reminded of it. But you, each and every one of you, were created on purpose and for a purpose. And God is doing all of this. God is doing all of this in, with, and through you. And he might advance his kingdom without you, but he wants you to be participating in this with him. And again, he can do this by himself, but he wants you to be a part of this because he wants it to be real to you. He wants you to see that because of him, he can use you to impact others. He can use you to transform other people and their lives so that there was, I once was lost, but now I am found. So I was blind, but now I can see. And no, God does not need us, but he invites us. And God knows actually how much we need this. He knows that, that we need to see some success. We need to get those little nuggets of wisdom in even the smallest breakthroughs so that we can keep on going. And to see exactly how far God is going to take us. You hear that last part? That God is going to take us. And we're going to have to do some work on our own. But God is going to take us some places that were we had no idea was even possible. Laura and I were talking about this on the way over here, and it's, I, I look at those times, you know, it's, it's about an hour and 15-minute drive, and somewhere, I don't know, around mile marker number 115 or so, I can feel it. I can feel the Holy Spirit, like, surrounding me and speaking to me, and saying, yes, what you've planned was good, 
But what I have planned is even better. And I hear things and I see things and it becomes not just words on a page or a screen, but it becomes real. And I think that that transformation for me is what is what I deliver to you. Because God changes me through this, through his message. God changes me in hopes that he can use me to help you change as well. Because our plans are just that. They're plans. They're not reality. I mean, I had different plans for sure. And when things were going well, they were great. And then they weren't. And it was not great. And yet, and yet I look back at that, and at that time, it was super rough. And I look at times now, and I'm saying, oh my goodness, it's so rough. And then I look at other people and how I think that their lives are going so well. But I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they've been through to get to where they are. But I know that right now, it, there are parts of my life that are difficult, and it is tiring, and it's exhausting, and it's heavy. But then I also have to keep in mind that God, through all of this, is transforming me. And when I'm in the middle of transformation, I can't see that I'm being transformed, but God is using that. God is using this experience to transform me, to transform you, to transform the world for His honor and for His glory. And I see that. And I say, thank you, God, because I didn't see it before. But looking back now, I can see how much I've changed. I can see that I'm not that other person before. And you know what? If I were to go through what I did way before, if I were to try to do that on my own, I would fail. I would fail because I didn't have that relationship that I have with you now. And I look at this as a gift. I look at this as a time where you are using me, Lord, and I say thank you. You don't have to, but you invite me to it anyway. And I see that that's great news. And I see that transformation is a long and it's a slow and sometimes painful process. But like we've been talking about before in this entire series, it's a part of the journey. And every day, every day, we die to ourselves and we live for Christ. And every day, we look a little less like we used to, a little less like that person we used to be. And we look a little more like the person that God made us to be. And for some reason, you don't know why God has done this, but God has He's shown us the way. And Paul was describing him then. And then what is to come through this transformation that, that we have no idea what God is doing, but we do have to trust. We do have to put our full faith and confidence in God, and we have to say, here's my life, Lord. It's no longer mine. I'm no longer in charge. You're in charge. And I'm going to trust, man, I'm going to trust that you're using me. I'm going to trust that you're changing me and transforming me 
to something better, to something that looks a little more like you created me to be. And this is great news because it's not complete yet. You are not a complete creation. And every single morning, you are greeted with new mercies. And every single morning, you can become a new creation in Christ. And that should set your mood for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. Just like we had on yesterday. It was just good thing after good thing after good thing. And that is so good for me. I needed that for my soul Oh man, I needed that win. It was just a small win. Yes, it was just um, decaffeinated Diet Coke. I understand that. But for me, that was a win. And that kept me going. And it gets me excited because that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. And God is continuing to transform me. God is continuing to transform you. And you're not even there yet. You've experienced all of this and you're not even there yet. God is still doing something new in you. God is creating you and transforming you to be something better than you ever thought was possible. And all of this, all of this is only possible because of who he is. And so I look at that and I say, thank you, God, for transforming me. Thank you for all those things that I look back and I'm no longer that person. And thank you for allowing me to be transformed and continue to be transformed because you're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet and you have something in store for me. And I thank you for inviting me on this journey. May it be so. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.